Hello and welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Dragone, and I have with me this evening Father Andy Boyd and Deacon A.J. Gedney, as usual. How's it going, gentlemen? My voice just cracked. I feel like uh, I'm a teenage boy again. Hey, you know what? That's all right. Nothing to be ashamed of. That's that's a normal <laughs> thing, uh, especially, you know, so once again, this week, I've been doing 6.45 a.m. Mass. My voice is all over the place at 6.45 in the morning. That's early. That is way, early. Way too freaking early. Yeah, that's hard. Um, big news in my diocese. Yeah. Uh, our current bishop, uh, his resignation was uh, accepted by the Vatican, and we have a bishop-elect now, Father John Effort, from the Diocese of Belleville, Illinois. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. I, for some reason, there was, there was a buzz in our diocese. Like, we kind of knew it was going to happen soon, so... Past two weeks, I've been checking the um, daily bulletin from the Vatican website every day, and then uh, yeah, a couple of days ago it was announced. So that's exciting. Cool. So your the the current bishop did he reach what seventy five years old? Is that what it is? Is it seventy five? Yeah. So he'll be seventy six. Um, okay. I think in a couple of days or next week. So it, it kind of been a long time coming. He'd already sent in his his resignation, um, and then we just we just waited and waited and waited. So uh, yeah, things are moving now. So yeah. The new bishop, um, his consecration will be September 30th, so that's exciting, because um, I know the seminarians will be involved, and maybe I'll be involved as a deacon, um, and then, you know, God willing, I'll be the first priest ordained uh, by our new bishop, so, yeah. Oh, that's are, that's, that's yeah. exciting. A lot of mm-hmm. people are afraid of change, you know, of any kind, but, like, change can be very good, and, uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't know anything about uh, the, the diocese down there, but... You know, I'm I'm sure the new bishop's going to do a great job. I think uh, Bishop Foyce has been bishop for 19 years, wow. so he's 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 ready. Um, I think and he, he deserves a, a rest too. So uh, yeah, I, I heard good things from the, the new bishop. So yeah, just kind of it'd be a new it'd be a new um, phase for the diocese because, like I said, it's been 19 years since the last time this happened. So people have gotten comfortable. Um, things have gotten people have gotten used to routine. So yeah, we'll see what the next couple months holds time to shake things up it's gonna Mm -hmm. be exciting it's gonna be very exciting i remember when uh bishop persco was consecrated the bishop of erie and i was in the seminary in fact i was in college seminary at the time and that was it was intense and it was really an awesome experience so i look forward to uh being a uh get to watch it from the sidelines now but um i think you're gonna find that you're gonna have a huge role in it as a transitional deacon that's gonna be really exciting for you because are you the only one in your class Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, you're going to be very busy, but that's going to be exciting, and I look forward to hearing more about it. And hey, maybe we can even convince your bishop to come on the podcast. That'd be fun. Our first bishop yeah. on the podcast. There you go. Yeah, let's make it happen. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be perfect to uh, you know try to convince him to come in and talk, um, especially because of what our topic is tonight. You know, last week without you guys, I really was I was really feeling it because. Barnabas and I, Deacon Barnabas and I, brother, whichever you want to call him, Deacon Brother Barnabas, we had some really bad segues that were like just really cheesy. And I tried to pick one up tonight and it didn't work. So anyway, segueing into our topic, uh, Deacon AJ, you were talking with us about the idea of evangelization. Hence why Vince and I started this podcast, uh, wow, almost two years ago now. We're coming up on two year anniversary. So, you know, you're having fun. 
Hey, yeah. So, you know, the whole point of this podcast was to continue that process of evangelization. And so we continue that process now. And that's going to be the major goal of your bishop is evangelization, not just because um, I, we said it is, but because that's the whole goal of a Christian life is to mm-hmm. evangelize, preach, teach, and proclaim the gospel. So I hand it over to you. Yeah, so uh, I preached on evangelization this past weekend because um, I just remember growing up, there was this uh, Catholic stereotype of evangelization. It was the, um, you know, being on the street corner with a sign and a megaphone preaching repentance or, you know, the end is coming, something crazy like that, or even going door to door and asking, oh, like, have you found Jesus or, you know, have you met Jesus yet? When really uh, evangelization is is a Catholic thing. It's not just for our, our Protestant brothers and sisters. And so I kind of focused on my homily on a quote from Pope St. Pius VI. So he wrote a document called um, Evangelii Nunciandi. Um, in 1975 on the topic of evangelization. And he says something really interesting, I think. Um, it's it's less about what we know, what we communicate about the faith of people, but more about the life we live. So here's his quote. The first means of, of evangelization is the witness of an authentic Christian life. Modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if he does listen to teachers, it is because their witnesses, end quote. So I think uh, this combats that stereotype in that um, when you ask people to evangelize, they think, oh, but I don't know enough about the faith. You know, we, you know we're, we're terrified to be asked a question that we don't know the answer to or defending the faith in, in an inadequate manner. You know, it feels like failure. But really, the first means is just living an authentic Christian life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is our goal as Christians in general is our response is trying to show our actions with uh, our, our, excuse me, to teach with our actions rather than our words. You know, that um, old famous quote that is not true at all that was never said by Pope or not Pope, but by St. Francis was um, proclaim the gospel at times, if necessary, use words. Like we hear that all the time attributed to St. Francis and we know for a fact he never said it, but it still is a, a message that should ring true to each and every one of us that um, the first thing someone's going to notice about us is how we carry ourselves, what we do, how we treat one another, and if we're not treating one another with that that experience of love, then we're really kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. I, I kind of like, uh, I look at it as God's given everyone different gifts, right? And some of those gifts are um, to be able to preach the gospel in a way that is very convincing, like a Bishop Barron. Um, other people, maybe not so good at public speaking um, or just being able to explain the faith in a logical manner. Uh, and they do better by just acting it out, maybe working at uh, the local soup kitchen um, or, or helping a neighbor. And then you have people that are in the middle that um, have a, a rough understanding of the faith to be able to have casual conversations, but not nearly enough to be able to talk like, you know, like Bishop Barron, for example, again, um, but at the same time is able to, um, to use works to be able to, uh, to, to evangelize. And, and I, I think that the latter is more, um, more powerful and more impactful when you actually show it and you're actually living it 
And so there's really no way, no reason to be afraid not to be able to explain it. Um, because if you're living it, that's exactly what Jesus wants us to do. And so I wonder, what are some ways, maybe, Deacon AJ, that you, you see, and maybe you can help us allow about this with your homily, you know, what are some ways that you see that we as Catholic Christians are to evangelize uh, without, like you said, having to go out onto Main Street and get that bullhorn out and, and try to say, repent, the time is near, the time is near. So, like, what are some things that you think and you see that need to be dealt with? Um, I think yeah, there are things in my own life that I have identified as things I do that are like non-Christian. So it's like being like, impatient with other people or thinking like, oh, I'm owed this. Uh, so I think I mentioned in my homily this past weekend is, you know, you leave the church parking lot and someone cuts you off. Do you have a right to get, like yell at them in your car? Uh, sure, if they're in the wrong. But the thing is, like, should you? So, like, it's like, for one thing, I think, what are you doing when no one is looking or listening? It's like, I think that's important, too. But especially in public. So, like, you're at a restaurant and your waiter is doing a poor job or you're in the line at the grocery store and uh, the cashier is taking a long time. Like, do you get impatient? Do you look impatient? Like, are you short with the people around you or with the cashier or the uh, the waiter? Um, or are, are, are you kind? It's like, or do you think, you know what, I'm not deserved anything. It's okay, it's took a while, like, that's fine. So I, I think those witnesses are really powerful, especially to the people who are on the other end of that. So, you know, the, the retail cashier might not be his fault, things are taking a long time, or uh, the waiter, or, you know, wherever you are, they could be short-staffed in that restaurant or, or store, but they'll remember that witness of you being patient and kind with them. Uh, I think even more than if you're short and kind of angry with them. And I think we can really <clears throat> use that advice in, in the workplace as well. Cause like most of us, what we either go to school or we're working um, or we're dealing with our, our children. If we, you know, we stay at home with our kids um, and we have that responsibility as, as coworkers, as family members, as friends to be doing that within our, our circles as well. How many times, I mean, like everybody works with somebody they can't stand to be around, right? And how do you, how do you treat that person compared to one of your buddies that you have at work? Um, and if you're treating them like crap and you're talking behind their back, um, that's, you know, that, that's not living, that's not living the way we, we all know this. It's not living the way that you, you should be. And so it's, it's harder. I think it's harder to be kind to somebody who drives you insane, especially someone you know that drives you insane. That you just want to, you know, I don't want to deal with this guy ever anymore. Uh, dang it, Father Andy's calling me again, and I, I don't want to answer. Hey, that's all I ever do is uh, I, I just call, call, call. You know, I'm the guy that's always on the phone trying to talk to your your ear off all night. Yeah, you, you know, are. Yeah, hey, that's just the kind of person I am. You know, I was thinking about as both of you were chatting, um, a story I read online somewhere about a mother and her child, and um, it said in the story about how. Uh, her daughter all of a sudden started acting really snippy with her, you know, had this little bit of an attitude with her mother. And uh, the mother made the conscious decision not to snap back and actually say, you know, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? And the daughter said, no, I don't know what's going on, but my mind is telling me to be angry and my mind is telling me to be mean to other people. 
Okay, well, let's talk about that. Let's think about that. You know, the mother said that she could have gone on this power trip, right? When you have that little tiny bit of authority, either as parent or even priest or um, whatever it might be, boss, you know, you could, you could go on that power trip and say, no, you know, screw you, you're, you're, you're my subordinate, you better listen to me, um, jump and jump this high uh, now, and if you don't, you know, we're going to have a problem. But rather, this mother took them and said, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? No, mom, I'm not okay. And so just taking that extra minute and trying to walk through this and let it become a, a teaching moment, because it's not always about, I have the power, I have the authority, I'm the one in charge, but rather, um, you know, how can I help you to continue to grow into who you are and to who God is making you to be? Um, and I think that's really important, like we've been saying, is is our actions. Like we say, our actions speak louder than our words and, and really starting to show, starting to show um, with our actions how to evangelize. evangelize. Yeah, Father Andy, it's funny you say that uh, actions speak louder than words because I ended up putting that in my homily. Oh yeah, I'm I'm not surprised. I mean, come on, it's it's it's. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it, it's true in this case because I've met so many Catholics that are just they're so afraid to engage in dialogue about religion or Christianity or the Catholic faith with people in a restaurant, or the grocery store, or their coworkers because they're afraid of having the wrong answers. But I feel that you know if if you're listening to this and that's happened to you, is I think it's okay to say you know what, let me get back to you. Yeah, because then you, you create a chance for another dialogue if it's maybe someone you don't really know. But um, that's, that's what I do when I legitimately don't know something and yeah. on a youth group or, or, or some catechesis uh, event, and someone asks me a question, and it's like, hmm, you know what? I don't know. Let me look that. Let me look that up for you, because that means you're going to do something for them and come back with some information. And I think that's perfectly okay to say, I don't know, because again, like we're human. How can you expect you know any Catholic to know everything? I mean, right. I don't know everything. Um, Father Andy, I don't know if you feel oh, the gosh, same. No. But I feel, oh, yeah, I, I know nothing. The longer I spend in seminary, the more I realize how much I don't know. There's, like, there's a sense you almost feel dumber because you realize yeah. how much there is to know. But the point is uh, being there for someone when they have a question yeah. or acknowledging they have a good question they haven't thought about before and then getting back to them. So, uh, And hopefully it's the action, too. Like maybe someone is really opposed to the Catholic faith, and if they meet a, a humble Catholic who said they don't know, maybe that will do a lot of good in that person's life. Um, so again, it's more about the action than the actual words they're saying. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, what I was thinking about with that whole idea is, um, you know, that humility of not uh, recognizing that you— uh, philosophy, we talk about this in our study in philosophy in seminary— um, I know what I know, I know what I don't know, I don't know what I know, and I don't know what I don't know. And so you have those four like weird, really weird things, uh, sayings, but essentially is is when you can start to recognize all four of those parts of your life is when you can truly enter into the uh, next phase of your study, the next phase of your learning, because until you know what you don't know, you can't really begin to take that next step to find out what you need to do. And so, you know, this is a great, talking about evangelization, we're talking about not just what I know, but also going that next step to what I don't know, because it's not enough just to evangelize others around us. We need to first be constantly evangelizing ourselves. You know, um, 
I talked about this in an episode, and I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, and it's that Greek word that I tried to remember. Were any of you on for it? Uh, Kenosis? Not, no, not no, yeah. well. That's a good one, but not the one I'm thinking of. I'm talking about the constant relearning of the faith, the constant after um, the sacraments, going through the uh, mystagogy. Mystagogy. There we go. So the mystagogy. We talked about this before. I'm always bad at remembering that word, but I to like reminders. Okay. Yeah, well, thank God you do, because I, I, languages are not my thing. But to remind ourselves what mystagogy means is that. It is that period of time after having received the sacraments where we continue to learn about our faith. And, you know, we can think of it as like another course, like, okay, we're going to do another course for our RCIA candidates, and now they're no longer candidates, they're members, but but that's that mystagogy is what we all are in. Priest, seminarian, deacon, laity, uh, and newly baptized alike, we're all in this state of mystagogy because we're continuing to grow in our faith. So taking that recognition of what I know is not the end, but rather just the beginning, so that we can evangelize ourselves to be able to go out and evangelize. So I, I don't know if this is going to be too off topic, but I mean, it's still evangelization. Um I kind of want to kind of switch gears to uh, media and what yes. we consume on a daily basis. And I think you, you always hear, um, you know, you'll hear nutritionists and doctors and they'll, they'll say you are what you eat, right? If you're eating nothing but junk food, you're going to be unhealthy. Yeah. And I think the same goes to what we consume media wise as well. Again, the people that we surround ourselves with the, uh, the movies we watch, the video games we play. Yes. Um, the websites we go to. And you, you until you kind of clean your own house, it's going to be hard to evangelize, you know, outside of the house. And there are so many resources out there, like online resources to be able to yeah. learn. If you don't know something like Catholic Answers, awesome. Bishop Barron, Word on Fire, awesome. Um, there, there's just there's just so much. And there's, I mean, so much media. Not only do you have Encounter Mercy, you know, the best podcast, Catholic podcast <laughs> oh, in the world. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but you have, there's just so many others out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's just so much that you can, that you can learn about the faith. And it's also good, wholesome media that, you know, that's not, you know, hurting your soul. It's not making you a, a bad person. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about that? It's so true. I yeah, go that's ahead. a good point. I think, um, as, as far as the faith is concerned and its richness, just chip away at it. So, like you said, um, you know, watch Bishop Barron every week. He posts his Sunday sermons on sometimes Saturday, or uh, check out a Catholic podcast, or read something on um, one of those sites. Or like, I like New Advent yeah. as, a, as a great resource. Yeah. I think so. It's like chip away at it. Like you're not going to learn everything during your time here on Earth, but. Um, trust that God is there in that moment. You know, he may, you may read an article and then he may put someone in your life who asks like, Hey, you know, who is this one church father? And you, you can go, Oh, Hey, like Bishop Barron talked about him or, um, you know, who's Thomas Aquinas? Like, Oh yes, I watch word on fire. I know who that is. Uh, so I, so, so I think it's people get overwhelmed with how much there is like, just, just chip away at it, you know, make a routine of once a week of, checking into like, you know, your formed app or watching the chosen or doing something or following a Catholic YouTuber, you can 
you can learn a lot over time, I think. Speaking of Catholic YouTuber, one of the uh, the guys who really one of us on my uh, my journey back into the faith was Father Mike Schmitz with Ascension Presents. Right. Uh, he's got a, literally a video for every single pitfall someone can fall into, and uh, and 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 also just explaining the faith in a way that's um, that's not looking down on anybody and is very easy to understand. He breaks things down, and so like yeah, I'd recommend you know go there if you're looking for for resources as well. And, you know, it's easy to, I don't know, when I go onto YouTube with these, the algorithm that changes all the time, I get, I mean, I get served like some, some stuff that'll just put me down the rabbit hole for like hours. Yeah. And it's stuff that's just like, it just wastes your, your, your mind and everything. Mostly it's all <laughs> photography, videography <laughs> stuff. And for, for me, it's like, uh, either like car videos, science videos or cat videos that's my now you can yeah. learn you can learn so much on these on these platforms but i know so much about cats now right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i hope you get to use that someday <laughs> me too so we we talked a lot about uh, the the process that we have to take for ourselves right so we have to undergo that constant mystagogy geez if i could only speak so constant mystagogy constant learning about our faith and not only learning about our faith but learning about ourselves within the light of faith now that's not enough to stay there though right so um if that's your comfort zone and that's where you're at right now that's good but we need to go now take it to the next step right? It's not enough to just keep this information to yourself. Jesus didn't say, all right, here's the information. Bye. You know, just go sit in a cave all day. And, but there are hermits and that's important, but it's what did they do with that faith, right? And it's, they took it to the next step. And so sometimes it means going out of your comfort zone, which we're all called to do and acting on that faith. And so what I'm thinking about here is, is back in seminary and now AJ, I don't remember if you were at St. Vincent's at the time, but I think you were. We had a Saturday recollection conference, and we were talking about, uh, there was a priest that came in to speak to us, and he was talking about the seminary that he worked at. We uh, He went out into the, the city and started preaching and teaching and pr- most importantly, praying with the people on the street. And I think... Was, was that uh, Father Matthias Thalen from... It was Sacred Heart Seminary in Detroit? Yes, that's exactly who okay. it was. Thank you for bringing up his name. You're better with names. This yes. is why you, you have a better memory for that. So Father Matthias was talking to us about, you know, okay, you get all this experience in seminary, but like, how often do you actually just go and pray with people? And I, I don't know, as a priest... Um, now that's not so much of a burden to me, but I'm thinking about like, if I had, if the, if I was back at St. Vincent Seminary and they said to me, all right, I want you to go out to downtown Latrobe and find random people and just go pray with them. That, that sounds daunting. Now, you know, it's not that hard to find someone to pray with anybody to pray with. You know, I, um, today there was a funeral for a priest of our diocese. Um, and I happened to have been, in my last assignment before I started here at St. George, uh, was covering for him and his parish as he was uh, progressively getting worse from uh, liver cancer. And so today was the funeral for him, and I went back to the parish. Um, and as as I was leaving that church, they the good ladies, God bless them. You know, you go to these little little 
parishes in the middle of nowhere and they just keep giving you food like just tons and tons of food like here you know they made chicken and ham and roast beef and pasta three different ways potatoes four to you know, just tons and tons and tons of food so they give me all these to-go containers of this food I'm like I I'm never gonna eat it all so I know a guy as I'm driving through my old parish assignment town, I know a guy that's always looking for food. And so I just happened to see him out at his usual haunt. I stopped and said, Hey, are, are you hungry? And he said, yeah, yeah, I am father. And I just, just take this food, please just take it. So, you know, okay, not to pat myself on the back, but that's that step, right? That faith that we have, the good people of God are giving me all this food. Uh, number one, I'm already fat. I don't need to eat three times the amount. You know, I don't need three lunches all for myself that could feed, you know, all these other people. So, um, you know, and just giving it, it's taking that step of faith that, okay, he needs it more than me and giving it to him, you know, so it, but it could also mean going out of your way, like you hinted at before, Deacon AJ, with when you are at a restaurant, of not being afraid to pray, right? Yeah. How many times as a seminarian or as a priest, we hear the stories about people going into restaurants and making the sign of the cross and someone comes up to them and says, thank you for doing that. I don't see that often. And I always am uncomfortable to do it myself, but going out of our comfort zone to take that next step into our prayer experience and our evangelization journey. I think... And like for me as a person is any skill that I develop and I'm good at, it took a lot of practice. So I think about maybe like preparing homilies or especially with music, but even with like prayer um, and spontaneously praying with people, like that was something I was very, very awkward and I hated doing. But um, in being a sports chaplain with the College of St. Vincent has helped. And then the um, the class with Father John Mary in the hospital has helped. You know, you meet someone in the hospital room. Hey, are you Catholic? Great. Let's talk. And then you say, oh, like, we're, we'll pray for you. Do you want to pray right now? Yeah. Um, and actually, a couple that this past weekend, I prayed for an older woman who was having, like, terrible hip trouble. Uh, and she was like, pray for me. And I said, great. Like, I'll do that. Like, do you want to pray right now? Yeah. And so just kind of, like, shooting up a um, just a heartfelt prayer, I think, is really meaningful to people. Um, and especially, like, when, I, when I've encountered homeless people and I had nothing to give them, as I thought, you know, hey, like, do you want to pray right now? Uh, but but for anybody listening who thinks that's very awkward and scary, that's okay. Uh, but you know, get the first couple of prayers out of the way, and I hope that you can um, rely on that in situations when you can't give anybody anything, but you can give them your prayers. Um, I think is a, is a good skill to have. Have now, Vince. This is coming from two clerics of the church asking you as a layman, like, have you experienced any of these situations in your day-to-day -day life, maybe as a father or as even just, if you can think back to when we were in college and maybe experienced a, a Mercyhurst or uh, even in the office, you know, at your work, have you experienced these opportunities where maybe you had that opportunity to um, evangelize and you didn't take it or maybe you did take it? Anything that you can remember from that? Yeah, but uh, I guess I got to preface it by saying that I'm not the best when it comes to uh, evangelizing. Um, when it, because I'm, I get heavy-handed, and sure. <laughs> it's like everything, everything in my life. That's how I am. Whenever I, I, I don't know. It just I instruct. Yeah, and sometimes that's not uh, that's not what's needed, and so like that's been a struggle for me. And uh, there are times where. 
you know, like there's, there's a guy that I work with who, um, he goes to mass on a semi-regular basis, but he holds some, uh, some beliefs that, uh, that aren't Catholic. Yeah. And I try to have these conversations with him and sometimes, um, it can be a little off putting. I, I can feel like just like in his, the way he's talking, the way he's kind of reacting is that, ah, uh, yeah. Okay. That, that may be what you think, but like, that's not what I think. Like the one day he said, well, I think it's time that we have uh women priests. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's, that's not possible. That's not, it's not even, it's not even realistic. Like we can't, we can't like, per, like it'd be a stretch to say, okay, um, maybe we could have married priests one day, you know, like that's, that's a small T tradition. Right. Right. Uh, but when it, when it comes to having women priests, that's not, it's just, it's, it's physically not possible. The church cannot make that decision. That's not what, uh, what, what Jesus instituted. And we can't just change that. Sure. Um, yeah. But a lot of people think, oh, the Catholic Church can just change whatever they want. And they just need right. to get with the times. Well, right. no. Yeah. And I try to break that down. I try to be charitable in explaining that without being like, no, you're an idiot. You have no idea what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah, and that that's difficult. And that's something, you know, it's good that you recognize that, yeah. especially for some of our listeners. Hey, if you're feeling that way, it's okay. Because first off, you're not alone. Like if you're, okay, I'm getting up here. I'm going to proclaim either what the church is teaching or no, the church is wrong. And I'm going to now tell you why it's wrong. And uh, listen here, Father, this is what the, re the church really says. Father, you know, not that I haven't heard that a few times in my priesthood. But yeah, um, it, it's okay if you're on either side of the fence. Let's talk about it, and let's talk about how we're going to overcome it, right? Right, Be and, and that's where that's where I try to, like, just like I said, I, I instruct. This is this is this yeah. is it. This is it. Uh, we're, you know, fall in line. Well, yeah, and I, that's something I'm learning is, yeah, hey, you got to have that. It's a conversation, and the conversation goes both ways, right? And so I can disagree with you, but I can at least try to understand where you're coming from. And then we can try to guide you from there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing I work with a lot of uh, like young kids kind of out of high school. And, um, you know, one of them came up to me. He was like, hey, what, what do I what do I do to get my girlfriend to move in with me? I'm like, well, does she have to move in with you? And like it was like shocking that that I would even pose that question. Like, of course, I want her to live with me. OK, well, why don't you guys get married? If you, if you wanted to live with you, why don't you get married? And like, yeah. it was such a foreign concept to these kids. Like there's a couple of them there and they're all like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> well, and see, and, that's and key. That's key to the evangelization is continuing to, um, in that non unbiased, nonchalant way of just like, what do you mean? Why would you, why would you want to do anything else? And just sort of presenting in that way. And that's, that's not a bad way to do it. You know, you can instruct that way, but do it in a charitable way. And that's a very good and healthy way to help instruct uh, others in the faith. Cause yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so much easier on a uh, Sunday in the homily to get up there and just start uh, fire and brimstone. This is how it's going to be. And if you don't do this, you're all going to go to hell. And I'm sure there's people out in the pews that want me to do that, but I don't know, Deacon AJ, I just don't think that that's something that I'm going to do. And I don't think that it's something that's going to be helpful in our practice, but being able to help instruct and bring others to Christ and show that in the way. And so, you know, I, not saying that we're the three of us are going to go out on the streets of our town. Now, Vince, you and I could meet downtown Erie and get out the bullhorns and start doing well, this. But you know what? Now, now that you say that, I remember, um, it would have been like four or five years ago at this point because my daughter was, she would have been an infant. So that'd have been like roughly five years ago. We went to a, um, well, it was a counter pro life rally. Right. So like, 
they had a they had a pro choice rally downtown and so a bunch of us showed up just to yeah. just to stand there and pray and one of the guys um on our side made a fool out of like everybody by just he had his bullhorn you're going to hell and yeah. you you're not you know god hates you and we're thinking like uh, this guy's not on our side no he's <laughs> and and i and you see that and then you see the reaction he's just trying to get a rise out of people and then on the other hand you see this woman walk by that says well you know if if you guys are really pro-life you should adopt all the kids and and there was one gentleman there that's was he adopted a bunch of kids and he had a conversation yeah. with this woman about hey you know this it is an option and there are people who will adopt these children yeah and uh, and and i felt that that was a better point of evangelization than the guy with the bullhorn yelling you're gonna go to hell yeah yeah and that's so important <laughs> It was the living event, authentic Christian life. Yes. Yes. Uh, and being authentic is key because, um, you know, first off, being who God made you to be is important. And, but that doesn't mean that, you know, as in my homilies, I've been saying over and over again, if anybody's heard me say this, I, I just keep repeating it. We need to do God's will, not our own. God's will, not our own. And what does that mean? Well, it means, um, you know, loving one another. And truly loving them. No, you're not just like saying, oh, I love you, or I love ice cream, which just made me sick to my stomach about 20 minutes ago, says you're listening to this. Anyway, um, but, you know, I love you enough to love you out of your state of sin. I'm not judging you, but I love you, and I want you to know what love is. And as we know, love is Jesus. Love is God. Yeah, I think Vince... Um like your encounters with with those high schoolers or the people outside of high school, um, I think that's inspiring. Is like you entertain a, a conversation instead of just saying like, "Oh no, you know, cohabitation is a sin. You're going to hell." Whatever you like, propose a question back to them. And so, yeah. so I feel like that's that's really I think that's important too. You know, we might not convince people of what is right or, or what is wrong, but the fact that you entertained a conversation rather than like, "Oh, I approach this Catholic person." lady or, or or clergy and they were really judgmental but it's like oh no we like talked about it i think right. i think that's really important and then we talked yeah we talked about like using each other you know like if you're talking mm -hmm. about like premarital sex you know are you are you doing this action because out of out of love like god intended or are you using the person and if you're doing it outside of marriage you're using the other person for your pleasure and that's where i think a lot of people a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people weren't raised on that. They don't, it, and in a culture where that is not a thing or it's such a minority. Yeah. We look weird when we say that. Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, I'm not afraid to mention that. And then actually there was one guy there that I, not that I, I don't think I convinced him of anything, but he was like, yeah, that's actually a good point. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And it, and it took, cause like you took a minute to like explain something and, go through the reasons and the, and the logic and to show like, Hey, like, well, well, the Catholic church teaches things because they are logical and true and good for you. So I, I, I yeah. So I always feel like, I feel like I, you know, we do our best work when we kind of just explain things and kind of lay it out there and see like, Hey, are you going to take anything or not? It's a, you know, you put it on that person's plate rather than like, well, I need, I need you to believe this because I'm saying it. And it's true. It's like, no, here's what we teach. I, here's what the church teaches. I hope you can accept some of this because it's true and good. Um, and like moving on from there. Okay. So, so far tonight, we've talked 
a lot about, you know, making sure that we take in as much as we can and try to learn as much as we can and, and learn where we need more uh, time in prayer and study. And then we talk a little bit about, you know, going out of our comfort zone and taking that next step in our evangelization process, our evangelization formation of not only ourselves, but of other people. So Deacon AJ and, uh, and Vince, if there's anything that we could take from this, let's say we have a listener, you know, maybe is in uh, Vince, your situation at work where like, I don't know how to do this. Or uh, Deacon AJ, I got someone that's saying, I'm so uncomfortable going out and pray. Uh, AJ, you go first. You tell me, what is something that they can do in your mind? I think it's uh, be patient with others and with yourself. Um, and I think with others, especially when you feel like you have a right to be impatient or angry with someone, um, is just uh, internalize it and pray and to uh, forgive others readily, I think is very important. Yeah, yeah. Forgiveness, so important to forgive and to be patient. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and you're having any struggles with that and you don't know where to go from here, um, you know, First, like we said, study, but then take that next step. Take the next step and find someone that you can talk with, I think, especially to figure out what that next step is for you. Wonderful. Good. Cool. Good. All, All right. right. Well, thanks for wrapping it up, guys. Um, so if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, we're going to ask you to please go ahead and smash that subscribe button. <laughs> are, you, <laughs> are you a YouTuber now all of a sudden? Hey, I'm trying. All right, we gotta we gotta eventually break our way into YouTube. So this yeah, is yeah, we gotta do. fix that. Give us a five star review if you like the podcast. If you don't like the podcast, forget. Give the us review. a five star review. Give it still give us a five <laughs> do, star. Do it anyways. Yeah, five star. And please, 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 please share the podcast with somebody you might find uh, that would be interested in it, especially evangelization. We were just talking about this this whole entire this whole entire episode. So if you want to use us to help evangelize. We hope that we're good enough for you that you would be willing to share us with others. So, yeah. And like us on all the social media pages. And until next time, God bless you. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>